If there was ever a place for everything, it has to be the Home Depot's Pack Store Save event. Now with exclusive HDX black and yellow tough totes in various sizes from as little as $4.98 each. Safely store everything from seasonal items to family keepsakes. At this price, these totes are well within reach. Go to homedepot.com slash storage. All your storage solutions in one place. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Valid through September 7th while supplies last. stuck lately like life's passing you by get to know my acronym my ambition your ambition reconnect with your dreams your goals your ambitions find your motivation and start to live the life you desire explore the maya my ambition your ambition podcast at mayaakai.com namaste everyone welcome to another episode of maya my ambition your ambition of course this is episode 10 so there's nine episodes that are actually in the books um, a project that took me a while to get to this point but it's very near and dear to me i do appreciate that everybody is actually going back and listening to some of the earlier episodes because one of the things I, I stressed last week um, was that it's imperative that you work at your pace with this because these are self-reflection and self-growth type of episodes. We're doing this together. So I like the fact that people are, are working at their own pace. Um, they're going back to earlier episodes and kind of working through it, all nine of them, which is fantastic. Remember, you can find all previous episodes at mayaakai.com. And of course, there's even a um, podcast resource section. So with some of the episodes, not all, there are companion resources for some things I thought that could give each one of those episodes a little bit kind of more umph for you. So you may want to check, um, usually I'll say at the end of this episode, you can check out the resource. Um, I'll let you know there is one for episode 10. So that's also there as well. But of course, some people have their podcast platform preference, and I understand that. Um, so if it turns out that you actually have a preference. Um, you can always go there. You can find me on most podcast platforms at this point. But for me specifically, I can know for sure you can find me on um, iTunes, Google, and iHeartRadio podcast platforms. And there's so many other pod chasers. I mean, there's so many and I'm on several of them. Um, so you can check me out there as well. But as I always say, just go to mayakai.com because it's all things Maya, my ambition, your ambition to check into the shows. So with that being said, remember, I always kind of start out and say I try to keep these episodes under 45 minutes, short, sweet to the point, but really it's very salient information. Um, this is about mental wellness, not necessarily mental health. Let me just say that. So I always say for this time we have together, let's connect. Um, find that spot that's quiet for you that you can be focused. Um, grab your beverage of choice, whether it's coffee, tea, it might be, you know, water, it might be a glass of wine, whatever it is you like, and find that spot where you can get cozy and kind of listen in. I always say to grab maybe a pencil and, you know, a, a pen and paper, because I might say something you might want to jot down. Not that I'm often or frequently brilliant, but I tend to say things every now and then that, that might resonate, like the food for thought things or things to put in your toolbox or things that I think, hey, FYI, these are things that you should remember and capture and keep with you. So, but of course, you can always go back and just re-listen to the episode and, you know, there it is right there again for you. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into episode 10. 
And this is one that actually, it's a week off because it took me a minute to process this one because this is something that for me is actually personal as, as well. Um, and it isn't so much about the pandemic itself because I can honestly tell you that I can't say that I've necessarily felt that challenged or necessarily my life didn't change a whole lot besides maybe the things I would be going to do. Um, but besides that, I can't say that I've been distressed. Um, it hasn't created anxiety for me. Um, I can't say I've experienced depression from it, but I know a lot of people who have and currently are. And when I get these little hiccups, it's interesting um, how you choose to handle it. And I personally feel the reason that I have perseverance is because I give thought to things before challenging or changing situations tend to happen. Like, you know, what would you do? That's a question you should frequently ask yourself. If something comes, if something pops up and you find it to be interesting, but it's not impacting you, take that time to reflect and say, you know, what would I do if I was in that situation? That's complicated. We don't often do a little bit of self-reflection to prepare for challenges. And you can't, I'm going to be honest about this, you cannot be prepared for anything and everything in life. Um, this is why it's called the word obstacle and challenge, because there's things that are thrown at you intentionally that you're maybe not prepared for. And you may not be prepared for it for different reasons. It could be timing. It could be resources. It could be the lack of control. There are so many things that affect the outcomes of situations and how we choose to handle them. So it isn't so much if you have the preparedness all set aside to go. It's when it happens, how you choose to not necessarily react, but how you're going to choose to respond. That's what's key. If you just react, then chances are it could be something that could really put you in a difficult situation. But if you take a moment, reflect, and then you respond, then that can give you a different outcome. So when we talk about expanding your social and emotional consciousness, this is where you start thinking about reacting and responding, which are two different things. But one, I want, one of the things I want people to start to think about specifically, um, and this is interesting because if you're like me, you might be a person, and I said, within my attachment style, I am secure. But the one thing that I realized about myself a while back, and, and by the way, attachment styles was like episode four, if you want to go in and learn about that. One of the things I said about my attachment style was that I really hit the marker on all the things, being open, comfortable with people, being there for people, people being able to lean into me. But what I couldn't do is lean into others and asking for help. It's not that I can't do it. It's just like I don't like to do it. That's a part of my personality that I realized could be a detriment. And so I began to work on that because there's nothing wrong with asking people for help. And in this time right now, in this pandemic, it's so interesting that understanding where you are socially and emotionally with your consciousness will help you to understand, do you know when to ask for help? And do you know when others need help? But more importantly, are you able to get it? And should you be able to give it? There's a lot of things to navigate these situations. So part of episode 10 in expanding your social and emotional consciousness, it's being able to identify and prepare communal and personal life rafts. And most people are like, rafts? Okay, it's a concept. But it's a concept that's very important that we've employed at different times of our lives. We probably just didn't refer to it as communal or we didn't look at them as personal life rafts, but they have meaning and contextually we'll put them into perspective. So before we get into that, let's first talk about the life raft, the concept of raft itself, not communal or, or personal life, but just 
a raft. And then once I we talk about that, everything else will fall into place and it will, it will make sense. So a raft itself is a device that is, you know, it's a structure that's support for transportation over water. Um, and it's traditional term, it was like actually made out of timber or logs were combined together and it was flotation across rivers. It's the same concept. So when we talk about communal or we talk about personal life rafts, we're talking about this as support structures, things that you need to help you uh, to deal with a challenge or an obstacle, troubled water, so to speak, or maybe you're having a difficulty navigating something. And generally speaking, rafts are meant to support many people, though, though they can be solo. Communal life rafts are different than personal life rafts. And I want to make sure people understand both and begin to work on having or participating if it's something that they hadn't considered. Now, here's the thing about when you talk about, let's say, rafts and support and support networks, because that's what rafts are. It's important to understand in times of challenge and change to make sure you don't extend outside of yourself. So what that ultimately means is knowing if you are able to help others if you're in that position or if you yourself need help. And this is where that self-assessment piece is so is so important. You know, it's something you should put into your toolbox. So your self-assessment toolbox piece is, are you needing support or can you be a supporter? Know that. Most people have a hard time saying no to others where they themselves are not in good situations and can't help other people. You should never be afraid to tell someone what you're not capable of doing because you're not in the position to do it. And you don't have to over explain it unless you feel that's a relationship that dictates that you should. So for instance, there can be situations with, let's say, communal life rafts. And let's kind of distinguish what they are specifically. So when you talk about rafts, and remember, we're going to talk about this from an emotional, mental, physical, and financial perspectives, because these are things that you often have to use to navigate tough times. Where you're at emotionally will, will definitely determine if you're going to react to a situation or if you're going to respond to a situation where you are mentally. And remember, our thoughts lead to our emotions. So where you're at mentally, if you are in a bad mental space and feeling stressed out and depressed, chances are you may react to a situation versus responding to it. Responding means stop, think, then act. React means just do it. You take away the stop and the think and you just go right to action. So that mental space you're in will dictate that. Also physically, do you, you know, are you in good health? Are you in poor health? Are you feeling physically stressed? That will also determine how you react and respond to things. And then financially. So these are all realms that will impact the way you navigate tough times and how you react to situations. So when you talk about building rafts, communal and personal life rafts, there's two different perspectives that they serve. And this is where right now in the pandemic, you may hear more about communal rafts or even during the Black Lives Movement, you may hear more about communal rafts than you ever heard. So communal rafts refer to having access to resources due to connections with others that can be supportive or can be a support network. This is the idea of when you're working towards a better version of yourself, surrounding yourself with people 
who are like-minded, only if that like-mindedness is moving towards a direction of improvement, advancement, and opportunity. If your like-minded people, real talk, are not moving forward and they're stagnant and moving backwards, then that's somebody who should not be in your communal raft. I'm just gonna flat out say that because that stagnant they, that stagnation they may bring could also permeate throughout your communal raft. So you wanna put people in your communal raft, like I said, that are like-minded only in the sense about advancement, development, opportunity. They bring positive things that can move you forward, especially in a time of need. And what's interesting about communal rafts is that the need you may have need for someone to come on for that support, to help you navigate, to help you float through a difficult time. It might be an emotional need. It might be a mental need. It might be a financial need. It might be a physical need. These all have different realms that you operate in. So the people that might, for instance, be in your communal raft, you know, you may be connecting with somebody who is more into fitness and health forward thinking because you have health issues. So you reach out to somebody who has resources that can help you. For instance, you want to not be diabetic or pre-diabetic. You may want to lose weight. So you may have a resource within your raft that's going to help you achieve that goal. Whereas, let's be honest, if you're not around like-minded people that share that goal, that for instance, health is important, then that often can take you off your square and you very easily may start doing the opposite of what you want to do because it's not like-mindedness. They're not succinct with what your goal is. So that's just one example about a communal raft. Um, financial is another big one. Um, you may have a goal that you want to go to school, buy a house, buy a car, whatever the case may be, um, put more money into your 401k, get out of debt, whatever it is. You need to, when you're in a communal raft, it means you have access to people that have knowledge that can help you to achieve it. Like for instance, I connected with Stacy Daniels with Financial Motivators, who gives fantastic information with people in every walk of life, and she will meet you where you're at to help you get to where you wanna be. That's always key. Remember, whenever you're trying to be successful at something, you must always acknowledge where you are right now. Stop thinking about that fake it till you make it, because that's the thing that will take you off your square. Because that's not being true to what you need to achieve. Why fake something if it's not happening? Why not put in the work to make it actually happen? But being able to accept who you are in the moment is equally as important as aspiring and doing the things to get to the person that you want to be, that better version of yourself. So just remember, a communal wrath is having access to resources because you've connected with others that can be supportive or support networks to you. And right now in the pandemic, a lot of people don't have communal rafts. So they're floundering. They don't know how to fix their financial situation. You know, they're in a job that isn't going to help them to be successful. So they're struggling because they've never put together a network of people around them that can help them to achieve those goals. This is the moment right now. It's never too late to build a communal raft, to put people around you that have resources and they can be support networks to help you to achieve your goal. If in a time of distress, you don't realize if once the need becomes glaring to you, and you're like, I really need someone to help me with this because I don't have the ability to do it. That's when you start seeking those people out and building your communal raft. Now, let's take a shift and talk more about a, sol a solitary raft. And this is interesting because it's, it's something more about retreating inward. It's limited resources. There's no real support or support networks. Now, let me just say this. There are some people that do not particularly care for the idea of having to rely on others. It could be a poor experience that has put them there. Um, they just don't feel comfortable with it. I'm going to tell you something. If you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes, when I talk about 
attachment styles, you'll learn a lot about why you are who you are. And if you're in this solitary raft, if you're totally self-sufficient, it's great. Even though you can never go wrong with having a support network and I'm gonna tell you why. Because when you least expect it, you're gonna need someone and not have it because you didn't bother to do the due diligence to put those things into play. So even if you're working from a solitary raft perspective, you should still always have a communal raft available to you so that if there comes that rough time, that challenge, that change, that obstacle, you can reach over into your communal raft and say, hey, I, I need some help navigating this difficult, these difficult waters. I can go to this person. You don't always have to go to other people. Here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being a solitary rafter. Let me tell you that. But what you have to distinguish between is are you a self-sufficient rafter or are you a person who is self-destructive and self-sabotaging? So what that means and the distinct difference between those different types of rafters are this. A person who is self-sufficient, they know their strength, weaknesses, they know opportunities. They also understand what they need to fix and they go about getting the things that they need and they may not employ a lot of assistance to do it, but they're getting things done. They ask for help when it's needed. On the flip side, you have people who might be solitary rafters and despite knowing they need help, despite you know knowing they don't have the resources or the support network to achieve a very specific task they need to get done, they're reluctant and they don't ask for help and hence they never achieve that goal. That's when being a solitary rafter is destructive and not in your best interest. So as long as you know when to reach out and ask for help and you can get to those communal rafters and those resources, then it's okay if you like to operate with autonomy. There's nothing wrong with operating in autonomy. Just know when that time may come and it happens to everyone where you cannot exist in your silo forever by yourself. And that's something a lot of people struggle with is that having to ask people for help is hard for them. And it's, it, it was hard for me at one point. And I'm not saying I'm like all gun-ho about it because on the flip side, you can have some people that are too comfortable with asking for help, truth be told, and they don't want to roll up their sleeves and do the work. That's a whole nother type of person. And that's not what we're talking about. But if you're putting in the work and you still find you need some additional support, there's nothing wrong with asking for it. So that's what a solitary rafter is like. And then on the flip side, you know, you have that, that personal life raft which is outside of that communal piece, outside of being like this solitary rafter, this is more about addressing personal needs at different times in your life. It's what you, what you need to be prepared at different times. For instance, what you may need emotionally, socially, financially, physically at 20, probably won't be the same thing that you need at 30 or even 40. So at different junctures of your life, your needs, they shift and they change. And this is where that personal life raft is a little different than being solitary. It's more based on experiences more than anything else. But here's the thing. With your personal life raft, are you the kind of person that can go to your communal life raft and grab those resource and support networks and bring them to you because they're there? And by the way, that goes reverse in regards to being communal as well which also means that as much as you ask for support, you also may be part of somebody else's communal raft as well. You may be a support or a resource for someone. So it's kind of like a give and a take. And the thing is, even when you're part of someone's communal life raft, it often kind of gives you insight into yourself. And here's what's interesting, and I, and I say this, and I said it earlier, 
is that knowing where you are. So you might be someone's resource or you might be in someone's personal life raft, which is interesting. And that's when it can be very complicated. And knowing where you are in your life, can you, can you give to that person what they need is really important. So for instance, you may be able to offer support but it may be a certain type of support. And FYI, it may not be the support that that person needs. And there's no harm and no foul because we're not obligated unless maybe it's children or significant others to have to overextend ourselves that way. So for instance, you may be a supporter to someone emotionally and mentally, but you can't be there for them financially because that's not something that you have. On the flip side, you may be a person that may be emotionally and mentally in a very good place, but financially you're struggling and you may need support or resources from people. So the needs depend. Wherever it is for you, you figure it out. But the key thing is do not overextend yourself. If you cannot be the kind of support that someone needs, then don't behave as if you can, because that usually ends up being disastrous and can create animosity and actually can ruin relationships if you're not honest. On the flip side, if you yourself need help, and someone is extending something to you that you don't need, then don't be afraid to express that. Like for me right now, here's what I am and this is what I need. Do you, do you think you can assist me with this? And if you can, I, it's okay. But this is the thing for me that's creating the issue. This is where I'm at right now in my life and this is what I'm trying to change and this is the resource and this is the support that I need. And a person may be in tune with you and be like, you know, here's the best I can do. I hope that's, that's okay. That's fine. It's not fine. It doesn't matter. But it's always important to be honest and open about what you're trying to achieve and if the resources that you're getting from people are fitting those needs. Because if you're getting resources for people but it's not helping to resolve the issue, then you're wasting their time and you're wasting your time and you're not getting into a better place. So with the, with the personal life raft, what's so interesting about it is this may shuffle. For a lot of people, they were in a decent place before the pandemic happened, and now they're struggling, but they can assess where the struggle is coming from. Some people were in a, a full-blown mess before, and they're in a full-blown bless right now because of that, and it's okay. But the thing is, I say, when stressful situations happen, it's what you do with them that matter. Are you just going to stress? Or you're going to say, guess what? I'm super stressed out about this right now. This is really working me over. It's really working me over. Why is it working me over? That's always the next question. You should be like a two-year-old or a three-year-old. Why? 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 Keep asking yourself, why is this working me over? Why is this difficult? Why am I struggling? And if you can't find answers, then that's when you should say to yourself, I need to go to someone who can help me find answers because I can't seem to figure out why I'm here. All I know is I don't want to come back and I don't want to stay. That's what's key. So... When you look at the fact that how you function in communal life rafts, are you supportive to someone? Are you, are you, are you seeing that someone needs, a, needs help or assistance with something and you're being there for them? And on the flip side, when you need someone, do you have that network and resource set up? Or are you the solitary person who likes to be more autonomous, but you do know when to identify when something isn't right for you and you do know where to go to get help from? As long as you're there, however you function is just fine. So what's interesting when we talk about, well, before we move on through this, when we talk about how to develop this kind of consciousness, which is interesting, I want to do something. I want to do a temperature check with you. Are you comfortable with asking for help? Because this should be a big takeaway from this particular episode, episode 10. Enhancing social, 
you know, an emotional consciousness. Are you comfortable with asking for help? And it's interesting because some people are not comfortable with just straight out saying it. Hey, I need your help with something. Some people are. Some people will just present the situation to you and hope you can read between the lines because they're that kind of person. That's how they communicate. They're kind of passive. Um, and they're hoping that you will read between the lines and offer to help. If you're that person, you need to stop being that person because it's not someone's responsibility to read between the lines. You should be able to trust whoever you have within your, your personal life raft because those should only be people that you trust and feel are dependable. And like I said, those are people that are like-minded in the sense that they're achieving things. They can help you develop, grow, change, advance. So these are people that are positive impact people in your life, which means if you put those kind of people in, whether it's your communal or your personal life raft, these are people that should be go-to people that you should be able to ask for help. But like I said, the temperature check, are you actually comfortable with asking for help? And a lot of people, they're not comfortable what asking for help. And I'd say if, if there's nothing else that you take away from this episode is if you struggle with it, ask yourself why. Do you feel like people are not dependable? Um, do you feel that you will be looked at poorly? What's the reason why you struggle with asking for help? Because in difficult times, that's when you're challenged to be able to do it and be able to develop that skill set to say, I'm having this issue. I need assistance. And here I always tell people it's about words too. Um, if it makes you feel better saying assistance versus help, then so be it. How do you ask for assistance? How may I be of assistance? Whatever it is, because I know sometimes semantics are big for people. It's not what you say, it's how you say it, it's the language. So like, for instance, mental health, people don't like it. Mental wellness, people can embrace. The idea of asking for help makes some people skittish. Saying, I need assistance, seems far more like you're engaged and you actually really are looking to find some resources to help you solve a problem. It's all in how you say it. So if you got to start having that kind of mental conversation with you to prepare yourself to ask for help, and even if you have to recite in your head what you need to ask that person or write it down, that's okay too. Because if it's going to help you stay on track and stay focused and not feel like, you know, I feel like I shouldn't do this, but I need it. That's what self-sabotage comes in. You know, part of what we do in this in this this podcast, Maya, My Ambition, Your Ambition, is it's pulling back that veil of self-doubt and self-sabotage. And self-sabotaging behavior will often try to redirect you from things that you need to do because they're hard or they're difficult. But the outcome is if you do them, often you can get to where you need to be and the situation can be resolved or be much better than what it was. But it's having the courage to say, I'm going to take this big leap and step forward to get this done. So, like I said, the temperature check. Are you comfortable with asking for help or assistance? Whichever word works for you, pick it and begin to figure out how you can embrace it and use it. All right. So we've talked about communal life rafts, their resources, their support networks. We've talked about if you're more of a solitary rafter, that's okay too, but you got to know when you need assistance and where to go get it. And you should have a, a communal raft somewhere you're working with you know, that you can reach into those resources. But here's what's key. How do you actually learn how to connect with a communal raft? Um, and this is key because this is when you start engaging that working towards the best version of yourself. It's interesting because 
it's that kind of situation. Hello, everyone, for tuning in. Hello. Um, it's it's interesting because there's things that will help you to be able. You know what's interesting to help others as well as to understand when you need help. But there's there's certain things you have to begin to develop internally when we talk about being able to have support networks that really work for you. One of the first things I want you to think about is to learn to embrace the idea of compassion and generosity. I feel during this pandemic, there has been maybe a 50-50 of compassion and generosity. I'm going to share a story with you about compassion and generosity, and it's a really simple one. But this is how somebody to me is such a, a communal rafter and, I don't, and didn't even probably know it within my building. I live in an apartment building. Um, right, you know, when the pandemic hit and people went nuts and went to stores and cleaned off shelves and took everything. Um, somebody in my building literally took little bags and put like several rolls of toilet paper and hand sanitizer in it and they put it on everybody's door. Now, mind you, they had no idea if people needed toilet paper. They don't know if people had hand sanitizer. And well, I mean, there was soap in there too, like bars of soap. Um, like I think it was dial, it was antibacterial soap. Um, they had no idea if anybody in this building needed any of those things, but they put it out there. And do you know, like every other week, like there's like a little common area in the building, they would just randomly put supplies that were in, in demand out there. And they put a sign and said, please take if you need. I understand a lot of shortages going on and some people didn't have this in surplus. And if you have things you could share, that's nice too. I thought that was so much compassion and, and, and generosity. And you know what's interesting is, I still have no idea who the person is who did it in the building. That's the thing. But they saw a need, that's a communal rafter. They had a resource that they could share and they wanted to be a support network whatever being asked for with people they didn't know. That's what like a communal rafter is like. They understand there can be a need. They knew there was a need without knowing who in the building had the need and I thought that was kind. And you know what's interesting is then I started noticing people start putting little things out there. And then there was a note like, is there anything specifically anybody needs? Write it on the list. And occasionally things would pop up on the list. And I thought that was interesting. And things would show up that were on the list and people would come and get it. And I was like, this is the most amazing interaction between people I've ever seen. And the crazy thing is, I don't know a ton of people in my building. I know them by face, but I don't know them by name. But I thought that was such compassion and generosity. So beginning to learn to embrace the idea and to begin to respond. You know, if you react, here's what's one better. If you react with generosity and compassion, chances are you'll always be in a better position. Because that's a reaction that's great. If you respond, I don't think you ever have to necessarily think to stop and think about if you need to be compassionate or generous. You know when a situation dictates it. So when you're trying to connect to your communal raft and figure out what raft you should be in and who should be in your raft, look when you see people that are compassionate and have generosity at the core of who they are. Those are people that if you if if you struggle with those two things, those are people you want to seek out because that's that like-mindedness you want to elevate to. And that's really key. Something else that comes out in the story I just shared about the people in my building, um, being very empathetic. Tap into your empathy. This is so key. And I, I, I feel right now sometimes, especially within the pandemic, there's not enough empathy 
among people. I don't, I don't feel like I see enough people being empathetic and caring. In times, I think I see a lot of selfishness. Um, I don't want to wear a mask. Um, that's inconvenient. You're infringing on my rights. And I, I look at people and I think this really isn't personal. This is about saving lives. And it could be you saving someone in your household's life because you could be around someone who has COVID-19 not knowing and take it home to someone in your household who could be susceptible or in that high risk demographic group. I never once thought about how inconvenient it is to wear a mask. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not thrilled with wearing it, but I never stop and think about the inconvenience because the empathy piece is I realize that it's about saving lives. I can connect with the idea of saving someone else without even knowing who that person is. And when you connect with people who are empathetic, these are people you want to put into your communal raft. And this is a trait that you should bring to a communal raft is being empathetic. And within your own personal, you know, your, your personal life raft that you have, you should be surrounded with people that are compassionate, generous, and have empathy. That is so key. Those are the kind of people that you want in your life. Those are the people that when you hit rough times, you almost don't have to ask them for anything because they are intuitive and they can sense that there's a need. The third thing, and I preach this every single week, one thing that should always be in your toolbox, your best version of yourself toolbox is objectivity. I cannot tell you how important it is to learn to be objective. And I said sometimes we don't always do it perfectly. But the minute you realize that you're taking two steps back, that means, wait, this is not the direction I should be moving in. That's when your objectivity should kick in. It helps you to understand relationship dynamics. That's what's key about objectivity. And the key thing is that relationship dynamics between yourself and others, you may see how other people interact. It's really so key because once you get a better idea about when you can see a situation unfolding, and you can see it from another person's perspective, which means you step outside of yourself. You're not being subjective. It's not all about you. And you can look closer at people's actions. Like, did they react or did they respond? And you can maybe see where the emotion comes from. This means you connect better with people. And this will also help you to navigate those difficult situations. But also, it helps you to understand the people who are actually in your rafts for support. This was so key. You can never, ever stop trying to be objective because it's so important in your overall success and happiness in life because you have to be able to step outside of yourself, especially if a situation is not going the way you want. And to say, you know, OK, I'm not particularly caring for this situation. But let me step back and see why I don't think they're understanding what I thought I was clear about or why I think I'm being misunderstood. Or is there a reason why they can't see this from my perspective? And I'll be honest, sometimes within situations, you may not know all the, 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 the nuances of what's happening with a person. This is where communication becomes key. And let's be honest, let's not throw the word communication around lightly because a lot of people realistically are not communi good communicators. They may act like they are, but you'll, you, they can show you better than they can tell you because communication goes beyond just the words you speak. It's how you interact with people. It's your actions. There should be a congruency about what you do with people. You always want good communicators and people that are congruent and what they say and what they do in your rafts because it means it's less time you try to read between the lines with people and you kind of have a better idea of what to expect. Those are the kind of people that you want to align yourself with. So your support networks and those resources you have access to make more sense to you because what you see is what you get and you feel like it's reliable. That's what's key.
So when we talked about connecting, we're looking for compassion, generosity, empathy, and we're trying to keep objectivity right there in front of us. But how can we actually build a communal raft that can also lend to our personal life raft? How can we be more conscious of it? And it's interesting. Consciousness and this whole part of this conversation is going to be rooted in thought, okay? Here's a key thing about how to build communal rafts that are conscious. Think before you speak. How would you receive it? If a situation you're in or you see another situation someone's in, how you choose to interact with people and communicate is key, especially about your needs. Because think about the situation that you're in um, and how you communicate your need or how you respond to someone communicating a need to you. So one thing about communal rafts, and especially with the personal life rafts, this is big. This is more of a personal life raft thing than it is communal, so to speak, because think about situations that you're in and that others are in and ask yourself, how would I receive this situation that I'm dealing with if someone brought it to me? So especially in times that are difficult, and right now these are difficult times, and people are navigating difficult waters with other people, like in their family, significant others, or kids, and a lot of things have happened that have caused depression and distress and anxiety, seriously. So if you feel, for instance, if you're having a financial issue right now in your life, and let's say you're with a significant other, you're married, whatever, and you don't feel that somebody that you're sharing this space with is carrying their, is carrying their side of the responsibility, before you approach them, and you think it up, think about it before you say it. Remember, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And think about if someone was to bring the situation to you, how would you receive it? Would you find it to be insulting, um, disrespectful? Um, would you be unnerved by it? So as you're forming your conversation to have with this person, especially if it's going to be a difficult conversation, because in our personal life rest, these are the distressing times. These are, these are the turbulent waters that we're trying to navigate. And often we don't do our best communication during this time. So what I'm saying is when you're forming the way that you need to address a situation, whether it's to ask for assistance or help, think about it before you speak it to an existence. Because even if you have the best intentions, if you speak it wrong, people always remember words. And they really, ought, they really will ever be able to work with you if you say it wrong. And we're less than perfect. So this is why it's important. Before I say this, if someone said it to me, how would I feel about it? I'm going to give you an example about this is interesting. I had a friend who... Um, something happened between us, and I didn't particularly care that she left me out of the loop in something that I felt I should have known because I had referred her to a, a place that she needed assistance with. And then some information came back to me, and I felt kind of blindsided because I didn't know that she had acted in a certain way. And I just said, why didn't you tell me this? Because I felt blindsided. That was it. I wasn't trying to tell her she shouldn't do it. She couldn't do it because I'm not her mother, and I can't tell her what to do. She got very defensive with me. And matter of fact, is that you're not my mother and this and this. But then she proceeded to say to me that... Well, I would have told you, but we were supposed to get together and you never had time, so I never told you. And I thought that was really a crock of crap because you could tell me everything. You would you could Facebook Messenger me. We would maybe some talk when, when we meet in a mutual space we'd had. We'd talk about what was going on with you. So when you wanted to tell me something you wanted to tell me, you found the time to tell me. So interesting enough, I get an email from her last week, and she said that she needed closure because of the way that our friendship pretty much ended. And... But in her email, she was very accusing and blamed me for the whole reason she didn't tell me again was because I didn't make the time to meet with her. So hence, she never told me. And my response to her back in that email was, 
you have a nice life. Because the way she approached me, I thought was very insulting and unnerving and disrespectful. That she was still trying to say the reason she didn't share the information with me was because I didn't make time to meet with her. Yet you could tell me everything else you needed. She came to me very accusing and blaming me. And that shut me down. So my thing about how would you receive something? I was like, if maybe she had read that email, she might have, if she knows my personality, she knows I'm not going to respond well to that. And I didn't because I thought it took no accountability for her lack of what she did or how she offended me. So when you approach things with people, and this is why that's someone who's no longer in my raft, because she's not a good person to have in the raft. That's just being honest. She's not. Removed. Done. I've removed lots of people from my rafts that for the longest time I thought were people that I could rely on and count on. But situations arose that showed me that they were not people who were meant to be there. I'm talking about people that I had been friends for years. But they showed me based on their action and poor communication and selfishness that, wow, even though you might be there in a time of need, if this is the way you handle certain situations, this is not somebody that I want to be there and have, so to speak, my back. Because your personal life raft is people that you know have your back through thick and thin, and they'll come to you and tell you things even if it's difficult. That's when you know you have a good person and a friend in your life. They'll say, I need to say something to you. And, Ooh, you're not about to like this. This is not good. If I, you're probably going to be mad at me. I hope you know I'm saying this because I need to say it. And then they tell you. And when you get into that space where you have good self-awareness and that self-evaluation has happened, you embrace it different than when you're in that place of self-denial and you don't want to embrace what's right and wrong in your life and you feel like people are antagonizing you. Once you come to that growth point and you can open up your ears and listen, you won't see it as the kind of criticism that's trying to break you down. You'll see it as the kind of communication and sharing that's helping to fix a situation between you and someone else. But if you instantly get defensive, ask yourself why. When people share things with you that you're not prepared to hear and you get defensive, remember we're working on that objectivity, ask yourself, why am I feeling offended right now? Is it because I don't think it's true? Is it how they said it to me? Figure it out before you respond. Because remember, we're moving. I'm sorry. Let me use my words right. We're not reacting. We're responding. That's, the, that's part of our toolbox we're working on. We're not just blurting things out and responding to people instantaneously. We're listening to what they're saying. And then we're thinking about it. And then we're responding. That's what's key. That's a big part of our toolbox is being able not to react to things, but to respond because we stop, think, then we act and we speak. So. That's that consciousness piece we're talking about. The next thing that's key about building this kind of communal consciousness that flows into your personal is that assess the thought. Is it kind and is it true? And if it's not kind, how can it be communicated without being a sting? And this is where a lot of people struggle. And this is a conscious thing, not a subconscious, because to do this is something you got to keep in the front of your mind. Because subconsciously, you might step right through and just say it and be like, well, I kind of think you're just ignorant because of this. And it's like, whoa, is it a situation you didn't particularly care how they responded? Are they really ignorant? Because now you just accused, you just insulted a person's character. And they, you may not think they're ignorant the situation or how they responded might have been ignorant, but do you really think they're a rude or ignorant person? And if they are, why are you dealing with them? See, this is where you start clearing out that communal and personal life raft. Because if you've got people in your life raft that you think are ignorant, I'm gonna ask you why they're there. Because nobody has to be there. I don't care if you're related to them. You don't have to keep negative people in your life just because you're related to them. That's one of the biggest misnomers I've ever heard people think, well, I gotta deal with this person because you know, it's my sister or it's my mom. No, you don't. 
you don't have to put yourself through emotional and mental abuse with people because you happen to be related because those are the people that you should expect more from. So ask yourself a question when you're in a situation and you're assessing when something's right to be in your communal or your personal life raft. If I need to communicate to something, someone in this situation about me or them, how are they going to receive it? But more importantly, is it kind how I'm saying it? And is it true? Does it really have value? Does it, does it impact the situation the way that it should? And this is where a lot of people sometimes get lost in translation, figuring out when something is worthy to be spoken into existence and knowing when something should stay exactly where they are and never be spoken into existence. So remember, assess before you speak to someone and you share a situation about yourself or even when you ask for assistance. Make sure that what you're asking for makes sense and that it's true and it's relevant and you're not just asking for help and assistance all the time with things, but how you ask for things. Are you demanding? Some people assume that people owe them things, which is interesting. They consistently ask for things as if someone owe it to them to give it to them. Like they ask, well, I feel like I, I need to ask you for this and I feel like you should do it. Well, why do you feel like I should do it? Key, but always assess your thoughts about situations. So if someone comes to you and you don't particularly, like say for instance, you're like, I'm struggling with this, what they're asking me for. Um, I don't feel comfortable doing this. It's perfectly okay to say that. Stay kind and true in the thought, but how you communicate it becomes key. Always key. Here's something, a food, food for thought. The truth hurts, but it doesn't mean it has to wound. And most people are like, what? What does that mean? A truth can be uncomfortable and it can be a little emotionally and maybe mentally wounding at times. But for instance, somebody can pinch you and it hurts, but it doesn't mean it leaves a gaping, gashing wound bleeding. So you can share something with someone that's difficult and hard, but it doesn't mean that it has to be wounding. You can share it in a way that you're, they, they understand what, you, what you're saying, but you're doing it with compassion. You're doing it with empathy. See, those are things that you want to you want to deal with compassion, and empathetic people, because they will respond to you differently than people who are not. So remember, the truth might hurt, but it doesn't have to wound. It doesn't have to leave long standing emotional scars if you're smart. But how you share these are people you want in your personal life raft. These are people you want in your communal raft. People are probably like, this conversation is different because you're sharing so many different things because it's about resources are people and the resources they may bring may be them. They may be the actual resource. It may not be something that's tangible or material. It may be just them. And this is why I'm speaking to you in this context. Some of your greatest resources are things that have their intangibles. They're things that you can't quantify or you can't even qualify. Those are how often people in your life are. So this is why this conversation is important. So think about that food for thought because it's, it's a big one to consider. Most importantly, when you're trying to be conscious, something that's really important and ask yourself about the necessity of thoughts, issues, and situations that you're addressing. Are you putting more credence on something that doesn't need to have that much thought and it's causing you distress? Remember, we're at different points in our lives and our, especially in our personal life rafts. At 20 is different than at 30 than at 40. Our needs are different. Our wants are different. But sometimes do we overvalue things? Do we give certain situations more credence and more value 
assigned value emotionally than we should. This is where in your personal life raft, it's good to have people you can bounce things off of and say, hey, look, I need to talk to you real quick. Please don't judge me. But And sometimes we just say that to be funny, but we mean it. We mean it deep down inside. Don't judge me, but I got to ask you this. This is a situation and it's really bothering me. And the thing is, when you have the right people in your personal life raft and even in your communal life raft, those people will give you honest input and say, look, real talk. I really think you're overvaluing this. You're overthinking this. You're, you're giving this too much power. Or it may say, I could see why you might feel that way because of this situation, but let's let's put a spin on it and let's think about it like this. Hopefully the kind of people you put into your personal and communal rafts are people that will help you with perspective and insight. They'll challenge you, because what I always say, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. They'll challenge you and say, let me challenge you on something. What about this? What if this is a situation with that person? We don't know, but because we don't know, let's not always err on the side of negative to assume that it's the worst. But here's the thing, because you're in control of how you choose to react or respond. If you're not happy with the type of emotion that this situation or this person elicited from you, what do you do? Remove the thing that caused the issue. So you can address it with them. And if you don't, because the proper response would be to address it with them properly and tell them what you're struggling with. And based on how they come back to you, now mind you, people aren't always very congruent because what they may say to you and what they may do may be two different things. And the minute you identify that people are incongruent, those are people you need to remove from your wrath because those are people that legitimately can cause issues for you. They may just say what they think you want to hear and sugarcoat things and you're looking for something more than that. So it's always important to keep that in mind. So with that being said, we're winding down the show. I want to give you a final thought. People hate what they don't understand, and they fear what they can't control or change. Ask yourself, when you get in situations, do you hate something because you don't understand it, you don't have the knowledge, or you can't wrap your mind around it, or you're refusing? And do you fear the things most in your life that you can't control and you can't change? And this is where your communal life raft and your personal life raft come into play because they can often lend you the resources that you are missing, whether it be emotional support, mental support. It may be the physical support you need. A person, hey, like, you know what? I really want to lose weight, but I, I'm struggling. I want to work out. Um, hey, I'll go work out with you. Great. Now I've got a support. Um, it might be financial. It might be a person who has a resource that can help you to resolve an issue or help you to get on track to resolve that issue. So remember, you don't have to live in fear of anything. And the fear might be quiet. It might be anxiety. It could be depression because fears drive so many different things for us. So just because you can't control and change it doesn't mean there can't be someone that's in your communal or within your personal life raft who can help you do it. And that's what's ultimately is key. So with that being said, everyone, thank you for listening to episode 10. I appreciate you guys checking in and listening to the episode. Remember the whole purpose of my podcast, I hope, is to help you identify your ambitions and to harness that motivation to help you to achieve the satisfaction that you're searching for. We're looking to, to rid ourselves of self-doubt and self-sabotage to get to that better version of ourselves. Remember, you can catch all former episodes, one through nine, at mayakai.com. There will be an episode resource for this one, so go to mayakai.com. Click on the podcast resource section, and for episode 10, you'll see the resource there for you to do some additional reading about communal and personal life rafts, so to speak, a bit more in detail. I kind of 
used it as research, but I deviated and kind of built a different kind of conversation into it. Remember, you can always find me as well um, on other podcast platforms. Like I said, some people have their podcast platforms of, of preference, so you can always go there. But of course, you can always find me in iTunes, Google, as well as our Heart Radio podcast areas, um, and you can listen to my podcast there as well. But until next time, everyone, regardless to if you're on, on task with this or you're still listening and moving at your pace, which I strongly encourage you to do, I always want the takeaway to be this on top of this final thought that I gave you. Remember, your present becomes your past and your future is no more. So make the most of every single day because it matter and it counts. All right, guys, until next time, thank you for tuning in. Ciao. Get inspired, get motivated with Maya Akai and the Maya my Ambition, Your Ambition podcast. Something that I take pride in is trying to be forward thinking, thinking outside the box, challenging myself. And as I challenge myself, hopefully I challenge you. Find Maya on Twitter and Instagram at Maya underscore Akai. On Facebook at Maya Akai Presents. We're going to talk health, wealth, fitness, mental health, financial, lots of different things that can empower you as you seek out the ambition that you're pursuing. That you're pursuing. Or get everything Maya at MayaAkai.com. Cross mountain ranges, split cells, command the tools of tomorrow. We are a team of a million unique and powerful individuals. Join forces with us and you can take on anything. What's your warrior? Find out at GoArmy.com. The Hudson family has four kids and two options for a new home. Number one checks a lot of boxes. It's big, close to work. Private tennis court. Number two was kind of cramped, and that old barn was clearly haunted. But it has one gig internet with AT&T fiber, so plenty of bandwidth and unlimited data for us to stream 4K movies while Billy games. Tina video chats, and Andrew and Maddie can do homework. HBO Max. Good point, Ghost. AT&T Fiber comes with HBO Max included. Looks like the Hudsons are bypassing the commuter's paradise to go with one gig internet with AT&T Fiber. And a fun new guest. Get super fast entertainment grade internet with AT&T Fiber. Now with unlimited data included. Find out how to bundle one gig internet and AT&T TV for $89.98 a month for a year. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Download max typically 940 megabits per second. Speeds not guaranteed and vary. $10 per month equipment fee applies. Compatible device and online account registration required for HBO Max access. New residential AT&T Fiber customers only. Other charges and restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash get fiber for details.